Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion Podcast. The number one youth ministry podcast on the planet. The show that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Now, here's your host, author, speaker, and trainer, Paul Turner. What's happening, youth workers? It is a super cold day here in Birmingham, Alabama. Probably the low 30s gonna drop from there might even be snow this weekend but i don't care i like snow been watching a little football today enjoying the day just kind of a a really chill day i hope that your day is really chill i hope that whatever you're doing uh, listening to this podcast maybe you're just driving in your car maybe you're going for a walk uh, maybe you're sitting in your office listening wherever you're at thank you for tuning in and if you haven't noticed this is uh two in a row i'm starting a little trend here where uh, i believe the show is going to go weekly versus bi-monthly, which I believe is twice a month. And uh, I hope that you're excited about that. I hope that uh, you're looking forward to hearing my voice once a week. And uh, I know there's plenty of people around uh, the country and the world that are enjoying listening. So I want to give some shout outs to what I'm going to call the motion metrics. That's right. Who is listening and where are they listening from? Uh, Two listeners. I want to shout out to Eric and Rido. Both of you, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, I want to thank the cities of Port St. Lucie, which I used to live in. I was a youth pastor there for a couple of years and uh, enjoyed uh, Port St. Lucie, really enjoyed it there. Uh, Huntsville, Alabama, I have a connection there. My son goes to school up there. And welcome, Newport Beach, California. I know the weather is super nice out there, not as cold here. And our top three countries that are tuning in are the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. Welcome, one and all. Thank you for being here for the podcast. Uh, Quick announcement. We launched the Facebook group, and uh, a lot of you jumped in there. And uh, I want to say thank you. Thank you for joining the Facebook group where we have conversations. Uh, I'm posting extra stuff there. I'm asking a lot of questions and uh, getting some answers. I had some folks uh, tell me what this episode title is going to be. And so I want to thank CJ for that suggestion. So if you would like to join the conversation about this podcast and about the topics and about youth work, if you want to talk about in a deeper way the subjects that we're talking about, that's why I created this group, uh, so that you go over there and uh, let your voice be heard. And I look forward to the conversations that we're going to have over there about the topics. Talking about topics uh, today, I am talking with one of my coaching participants. His name is Devin Jeffries. He has just finished up his two years in full-time, well, full-time youth ministry. He's part-time. He works another job, but we all know that, you know, it's full-time work, part-time pay. That's just how that goes. And um, Devin does not pay me. I want to make this clear. Devin does not pay me money for coaching in my traditional setting, where those of you who say, well, I want coaching, uh, you know, you sign up and I'll put a link down for that if you're interested in coaching, uh, where the participants do pay for the coaching. In this case, uh, Devin does not because we met through a casual acquaintance and, uh, you know, he buys me a coffee or or an occasional snack. So let's go and jump into it. I think uh, Devin has some wise words uh, from his first two years and he shares about the hurdles, the hurdles that uh, he had overcome and they may be your hurdles too. Devin Jeffries, welcome to the podcast, Youth Pastor Noob. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Really an honor. (laughs) Uh, So uh, we have been meeting uh, a little over 
a year, I want to say, maybe uh-huh. a year and a half, somewhere, somewhere to that effect. And we've talked about a lot of things. We have, we have run the gambit and a I, lot. Of, of whatever we were talking about. So, so when we sit down to have coffee or to eat or, or any of those things, the conversation can literally go anywhere. Uh, but for the sake of this interview, uh, I want to make sure that those that are listening and those that are watching uh, are going to get the, the core of what we talked about uh, and not all the rabbit trails that we, we took off on. So I'll start with this question here is what was your strategy when you first started at the church? Yeah, so great question. Uh, whenever I went in, I honestly thought one of the biggest things that I was going to go after was to try and do youth ministry the way that youth ministry was done to me. Yeah. And I learned very, very quickly, this is not going to work. This is an absolute dumpster fire. I need some help. Uh, and so I, I began to reach out to other youth pastors in the area. But the very first thing I knew that I needed to do was similar to how Jesus built the church. You know, Jesus took 12 men, 12 ordinary men, and he changed the world with them. And so uh, one of the first things I did was I established a leadership team, Mm -hmm. um, which I will say, you know, no offense to the other leadership teams and the youth pastors out there, I have the grade A team. (laughs) Uh, I have hands down one of, if not the best leadership team on the planet. For them to be able to put up with me and my craziness in this world that is Devin as you know um it is it takes a lot and it takes special people um so I had a I had a lot of help a lot of very very um good support one of the things that I did was uh, I knew that going into it parents can either be your best friend or your worst enemy yeah I chose to make them my best friends and so I started talking to the parents of these teenagers and tried to get to know the teenagers through the through the eyes of their parents who were mm-hmm. all in the church. Right. Um, and most of them were PKs. <laughs> so I kind of had to get to know them. Yeah. Um, They're a tough and, crowd. And they can be, they can be, <laughs> but, uh, but, but what I will tell, what I will say though, is this is, is people knock on PKs all the time when, right. when in reality, I believe PKs are literally going to be, or can be, if the youth pastor does it right, they can be, your biggest and best leaders because they're going to be the 100%. most influential. Yes. They're going to bring the one, they're going to the ones that are going to bring their friends. They can. Um, so, you know, things like that. Um, I, I also began to try and tap into people's strengths. Right. So I actually went to you one time and I said, Hey man, I really feel like um, I'm not doing something right here. Something's going on. Uh, and your your question to me back was was well, what are your leadership team's strengths? And so I I tapped into that, and that was really kind of the beginning strategy that laid the foundation. Um, and, and then I realized that I cannot I have to roll with what I've got. Yes. So for people uh, uh, that have a uh, a background in in ministry, you know, there's two types. There's um, mobile churches. Mm-hmm. that meet in schools or whatever, or, and then sure. there's your stationary churches, right? Well, we're a mobile church. We have been for quite some time. Uh, yep. Praise the Lord. Our building is almost done. They laid the foundation this week. Yeah. Uh, so we are really, really pumped about that. And I said, you know what, I'm going to take what I have here and maximize it to the absolute fullest. That's right. 
hundred percent because if you're doing that in your mobile space, the 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 danger is right that you could go back to being comfortable and say, well, we have now a nice a nice space, right? We have our youth room or whatever we may have, and uh, you know you lose that um, you know you can lose some of that hunger, you can lose some of that. Uh, I don't know what do you want to call it, flop sweat or desperation, you know, that flop sweat that you know that you're in because you have to make it happen in the mobile scenario. Everything has to be set up, everything has to be this, and then you have to figure out right what, um, you know, what you're going to do with your time, you know, all that time that you spent setting up and all that. Now you get to reinvest that time differently, uh-huh. right? Uh, so, so okay, so you've been there now. How long officially at the church now? How long have you been at this, this church? This past Sunday was two years, exactly. Two years. Look at that. So we are talking officially two years in student ministry full-time or part-time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you and well, I both part-time. know there's you and I both know there's no such thing as part-time ministry. Well, that's so. right. That's right. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you're it doesn't matter. You're if you're part-time, you're full-time. That's uh, right. At least that's how the schedule works. <laughs> so you you start getting into uh the ministry. And you start looking at how it's going. And then, you know, you kind of alluded to it a little bit. You started hitting uh, some hurdles, right? You started hitting the hurdles of what is, a, what, is, what is my team's strengths that you weren't really maximizing your team as much as you could. What mm-hmm. would you say are some other, some of the other maybe big or, or the biggest learning hurdles that you had to face in your, in your first two years? Well, you and I both know that to be successful in ministry and to have uh, to be able to have the best results that, you know, God designs for that ministry, you've got to have a wife that is there, that is backing you up and supporting you. And I have that. Um, Shout out to Brittany. That's right. My wife, Brittany, uh, look, I've been in ministry two years. She's been married to me for almost three. (laughs) So I think she gets a T-shirt or a trophy or something. 100%. 100%. Yes. <laughs> so, but one of the things that she actually taught me early on was, Devin, you have to delegate. The whole world and the whole weight of the ministry is not on your shoulders. That's right. You have to delegate it. You have to realize that, because here's the thing, if you take on all the responsibilities, the ministry becomes about you. It's not about your team anymore, or it's not about, you know, your team or the students or anything. It becomes about you. And that is a huge, huge monkey in the wrench in the plan that's going to mess everything up. So you got to make sure that you delegate very, very well. Another thing is I had to realize that ministry today is not done that same way. I told you earlier that going into it, I said I was going to try and do ministry the way ministry was done to me. But it's not that simple. It is no longer. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I like how you say the way youth ministry was done to me as <laughs> if it was a, a, inflicted upon you. Like, you know, <laughs> you know what? It was in youth ministry where I discovered that I had a calling on my life sure. uh, to be in the ministry. So yeah. uh, for whatever that was, um, that was, you know, it, that was done to me. Regardless <laughs> of good or right. Regardless of the regardless of the container that you were in or the style of the container, uh, what was put in was still some pretty good stuff that God brought out of it. So, right. And, and, and the biggest thing that I had to learn was that Gen Z is different. Yeah. If we cannot pastor the way that we were pastored, 
it is no longer now, now don't get me wrong for youth ministries that are out there that are are, are doing worship and and you know preaching and, and altar calls and all that and that's awesome and for them if that works for your students then by all means go after it right but most of Gen Z, it does not work that way. And I'm sure out there there's youth pastors that are listening to this and are beating their head against the wall and in their office. And then they're having to, you know, the rule number one is you never ask the youth pastor how the hole got in the wall. We don't right. know. We don't so, know. but they're beating their head into the wall, wondering why is it not working? Why, you know, like your last episode, am I making a difference? Yeah. And they're wondering all these things. And the problem is this is they have created a model for their students, not with their students. Right. And so right. one of the things that I learned was after I delegated and after I realized how different Gen Z is, is I was trying to sell them on a model mm -hmm. that I created. Right. And that was the problem. Yeah. I'm trying to sell them on something that they didn't ask for. So I'm trying to implement all these great and wonderful things yep. because I liked it because whenever I was 15 and 16 and 17 years old, I thought it was the coolest thing on <laughs> the world. That's right. The That's teenagers right. today do not care. Nope. They don't. It's nope. different. And so that's why I had to branch out and do small groups or, or do other models like small groups. Sure. And what I, what I really did is I got my student leaders together, Paul, and I, and I, I sat them down and I said, okay, I'm just the adult in the room. And the pastor of this youth ministry, this is your time. This is right. your ministry. What right. do you want? And I think youth pastors today have lost sight of that in some way is we've quit asking students, what do you want? Right. And that came out of a coaching session that we had, right? Yeah. That came out of where we really started to experiment with models and we experimented with how you were going to get to where you were going to go. And I think you, you, you nailed it in saying, listen, you have to be able to construct a ministry along with your students and not, otherwise you become a salesman, right? I have an mm -hmm. idea. I have a plan. Let me sell it to you. Right. Uh, if you're creating it with them, they're far more invested. They have far more ownership into what, what they're doing and participating in the gospel, right. And participating right. in the, uh, in the form in their own spiritual formation, they're participating. Right. That's the goal. The goal isn't to us to, you know, crank out, you know, uh, you, you know, disciples like they're on a conveyor belt. Our goal is to <laughs> students to be formed in Christ uh, on an individual basis, right? To be able to do that. But we, like I said, we we hammered that out within a coaching session because we uh -huh. and we threw out we threw a lot of stuff against the wall. We said, well, will this work or you know, and really, we just kind of created open space for them right. to, to talk, and then we get to listen. And that's probably the one of the most valuable skills a youth pastor can have is listening to their students. Right. And the problem is, is we're not listening. We're trying to just shove, 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 and teach all these things because yeah. we've got the degree or we've got the experience or whatever like that. And, and here's the thing: they don't care. Yeah. And one of the things that you taught me was you said uh, after we drank uh, our, our coffee place out of coffee completely, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think by the end of that session, they were like, guys, you got to go. We're out of beans. We're out of everything. <laughs> They're shutting the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> right. And But one of the things that, that you taught me was that we cannot try and force that model on right. them. And one of the things that I think about like was 
probably one of my biggest fails because I've been there two years, so I've made a lot of fails. Yep. One of them, and I don't even know if I've told you about this before, but we had a uh, – I there was a Super Bowl game that was coming on, and at my last church where I was at – Every year, this youth group, they they made crockpots of chili and taco soup and everything like that. They put the Super Bowl up on the projector, mm-hmm. and students and parents and everybody watched, right? Yep, right. Tried it here, dumpster fire. Yeah. Nobody cared. Right. Not a single one of them. Right. And the thing was, is I had been in this youth ministry for three months whenever I tried this. Yep. And literally, I, I don't even think they made it past 10 minutes to go in the first quarter Probably not. i think they i think they ate grabbed a basketball and went went outside or went somewhere else yep. and that's okay but see here's the thing what i learned from that is that it can't be done just because it worked at your last church does not mean it's going to work here you've right. got to get to know your these students where you're at right now and invest in them right and and the frustration and we're going to get into frustrations but it's so easy, and we've talked about your frustrations. We've talked about the fact that every youth pastor goes through it. Every youth pastor says, but I planned this, but I invested in this, but I did so uh-huh. much. Why didn't I get the response from the kids that I thought I, I deserved? Be honest with you. There's a lot right. of youth pastors listening and watching and saying, well, why am I not getting, because I worked hard. And it's really not about how hard you worked to pull off the event yourself, right? Uh-huh. The, any degree of any event is not about how hard you worked. It's how hard everybody participated. Like how many hands got in the pot, right? How many hands got to stir and do a little something to make the thing that you're doing happen? Uh, because everybody's fingerprints can be on it then. Even on the smallest thing, they don't have to plan the whole thing, but you know, something that they can do uh, to, to make it the best thing that they can do. Um, which then you know, uh, leads to a lot more uh, effective programming. Once you start talking to your teenagers and start talking to your uh, leaders and you start combining and, and, and doing all that, then things uh, start to come together. Uh, I, yeah. think, I think you've noticed that. And, and I think one of the other problems that, that <clears throat> youth pastors today really, really struggle with is they get in there and they're like me and they are gun ho and they mm. are guns blazing. They've got dual 50 cows and they're ready to go. Sure. Right. They're ready. That's they've right. got they've got the armor of God to the 10th degree and That's they're right. ready. They're ready to go like destroy the gates of hell with 10,000 yeah. teenagers. They got them 66 scripture bullets. <laughs> boom, 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 pow, 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 pow. That's what they see, got. See, it would be cool if I did it, but like, it's not cool if I did it. No, but I'll give you I'll give you some props. You've been in youth uh, ministry okay. way longer, <laughs> but <laughs> it's OK. Um, but right. one of the things that I got in there doing and I realized very early on uh, was was that I have to I have to love the students that I have in yeah. front of me. Yeah. Stop wishing for the thousands that you want to come. That's right. And start loving on the ones that you've got right in front of you. Yep. Stop yes. wanting what church down the street has and start utilizing what you have to change the lives of your four students, your five students. That's right. And when I did that was when the numbers came. Whenever I first got there, my very first night, I think there was like four or five teenagers. Yep. By the end of my first year, we were averaging around 16 or 17. Right. And the reason why was because I said, you know what, with these four, we're going to grow. That's right. And that's exactly what happened. And you did. And, and uh, let me ask, we'll, 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 
change gears here to the next question because uh, part of the frustration that we talked about and what every youth pastor, I'll say every youth pastor, I'll say what many youth pastors, I don't want to be that, I don't want to generalize, what many youth pastors, and I can speak for myself that I have done it, where you go into a church and you find it to, <laughs> your mission <laughs> somehow, uh, how this creeps in, it's usually pride or, uh, or uh, you know, we have such, as youth pastors and young men in ministry, we have such great revelation uh, that the pastor doesn't know about yet. And we feel compelled to share all our wisdom at 22 years old of how, <laughs> how the church should be built and done and so forth. Uh, but one of your frustrations was the culture, you know, that that was not your culture, but you had your own ideas. You had your own you you had this friction, um, you know, in your heart of, between what you wanted to do and what was happening, what what reality was. Right. You had, uh -huh. you had a little break from reality. There was things you had to come in contact with to remind you that you're living in a real world here, not in the world that we want, but the world that we have. So would you advise then youth pastors, if they're new to their church, that somehow they should adopt at trying to change uh, church culture? <laughs> Is that a wise decision? Uh, definitely not. <laughs> uh, first off, here's the thing that you really got to do. If you're going into a new church, uh, you really, really, really need to make sure you do every bit of your homework. I don't care how much you hated homework in college and high school or whatever. You need to do all of your homework and know the ins and outs of this church. Why are they successful? Why are they, where are they not successful? Yep. You've got to do every bit of your homework. And then the other thing is you've got to realize just as I did that you're paid to worry about the student ministry. That's right. If worship or small groups or whatever like that is tanking you can throw out ideas sure you can sure i mean you're on staff so you're you're entrusted to some degree that's right you're allowed to have an opinion yes but what you're not allowed to do and what is or you're allowed to do it but it's going to be it's going to blow up in your face right. what you're what, what is not a good idea is to get out of your lane and start managing other people's ministries. Look, God has entrusted them. Yes. They have, if, if you're, I don't care if you are the next American Idol and you think you can sing better than the worship pastor, that's wonderful. By the way, for the record, I cannot. And by the um, way, just, and just, and just for the record, that new show is called The Voice. I know, oh. I know that you're mentioning, you know, I just want to let you know there's a new singing show around. Uh, called the voice uh, i don't and, uh, watch those. if you wish to if you wish to reference <laughs> contemporary singing shows I just, i'm sorry I just wanna, i'm, I'm not point. i'm not i'm sorry i'm not modern but the, but but the biggest <laughs> point <laughs> but the biggest point is stay in your lane yeah. stay in your lane worry about what you're paid to worry about that's right you can pray for them you can offer up ideas and suggestions but if at the core of your church is something that you you've got, to, and that's what we've got to figure out is what is the core value of that church? Right. And if it is, if it is something that you can get behind, yep. then you nail to it and you get behind it and you give it everything you've got. Because at the end of the day, God, the almighty God of the universe has yep. entrusted you out of up to billion people on the planet. He's entrusted you over that student ministry. So stay in your lane 
and worry about what you're paid to worry about. That's right. And that's well-spoken, well-spoken. Um, so let's talk about frustrations. Let's talk about the terrible ways that mm. pastors can handle <laughs> frustrations. How would, you, uh, how would you describe early on uh, how you handled your frustrations? Uh, what, are you, what are you talking about? What frustrations? I no. have never <laughs> had it. I love okay. every aspect. You know, this is going out into the World Wide Web. You know that people will fact check <laughs> everything. So I'm going to ask you again for the record, yeah. uh, for the record, sir, how did you, what were the, some of the bad ways that you say, these were probably not great ways to handle my frustration. And you would advise other youth pastors <laughs> right now and saying, I'm pretty sure these are not effective in handling your youth ministry or ministry frustrations. Right. Um, so for the record, yes, there has been frustrations. Oh, uh, um, now the truth comes out. <laughs> now the truth. Uh, but there, there has been, there has been moments of disagreeance. You're human. You're going to have them. That's right. And here's the thing that you've got to realize if you're a youth pastor and you're listening to this, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to every single episode, like I have, which, which I recommend. Um, yeah, right. I do too. Um, <laughs> you know, humble brag, I have to, but um, I, I just think that you have to make sure that you have a group of people in your life yeah. that you can go to call them your whining group, call them your, your boohoo group, call them your, I'm mad and here's why and kind of deal. And, and I'm just going to be upset about it because of this. And this is my case. Yeah. And choose, gotta, the, and choose them wisely. Yes, yes, choose them wisely. In fact, I would go as far as to say they probably should not be members of your church. It's a good call. Um, a good call. I, they, they shouldn't be. So handling those frustrations is going to be key, though. But I think uh, one thing that a lot of youth pastors, and you taught me this as well through one of our coaching sessions, is you've got to decide why you are really upset. Okay. Yeah. Am I upset because somebody poo-pooed all over my idea? Mm. Or am I, like, is there pride? Is there ego involved? Because if there is, pride and ego cannot fit in the ministry. No, not really. That is not something that God would do. So I don't recommend having so much pride that, that you, you get your feelings hurt because somebody else does not think it is a great idea. So have those people that you can go to, check your ego, and decide why am I really truly upset what in other words this one thing i like to tell uh, a lot of people that that i talk to is what is the root cause of your frustration yeah so one of the things that i learned early on was uh i i was an intern and i had a um i had a youth pastor his name was brian jones shout out to him shout uh, he is right he is a he is a youth pastor or i'm sorry a senior pastor uh, now out in uh, Silicaga, and um, he he honestly kind of laid the framework uh, for me and and gave me I guess the bones uh, so to speak of of youth ministry. And I remember one time I, I was asked to uh, plan a trip. It was going to be like a little weekend deal. I was asked to plan it, and I was I, I'm in there like I hadn't even started seminary yet, and and I'm beyond ecstatic about it. I've got my notebook, I've got me a a, a big old board up on the wall. Mm -hmm. Uh, in my uh, office that had a folding table and a folding chair, yeah. uh, you know, because look, God can work in those just as well as he can. Yeah. Um, 
big fancy offices. Okay. okay. And, uh, and I had this huge board laid out all this groundwork to the nth degree, had all of these great ideas, had, had talked to people about coming to speak, coming to do worship. I'm pumped. I go to present it to the senior pastor at the time. I gave it to the youth pastor, Brian, and he was like, man, I love it. Let's take it. And uh, we take it to the senior pastor. Senior pastor doesn't even give it a thought. (laughs) He just, he just like unloaded an entire dump truck of manure all over it. He was thinking about he was thinking about golf that day. Your, right. Your idea did your idea was not even on his list of to-dos to look at. Right. And I remember leaving that meeting and I was so <laughs> mad. Yeah. I was furious. And I remember leaving and, and Brian actually asked me, he said, Devin, are you mad because it was something that you planned? Or are you mad because what if this is not something that God wanted to do for this particular ministry? Yeah. So what was the root cause? Well, the root cause was. I was mad because I had planned it because fast forward that particular weekend tornadoes came ripping through the area. Yeah. So had we gone, it could have been an absolute even worse disaster. So, so, so that no right then checked my ego. That's right. And, and, And I had to realize that the root cause was because it was something I had planned. Get your ego out of the way. And, yeah. and the biggest thing is uh, with ministry and dealing with frustrations, one thing I would recommend, we've talked about what I wouldn't. Let me give you one that I would recommend. Yeah. You've got to be flexible. Yeah. You've got to be flexible. It's not going to be, if you lay out this uh, incredible, amazing evening and it does, and two students show up, you know what? What if you say, scrub this for a week, we're going to go to Sonic and we're going to go get milkshakes and we're going to talk about whatever. And I'm going to dive into you for the next two hours of the evening over an overpriced milkshake because I care about you. Check your ego at the door and realize it's about the students, not you. Right. A hundred percent. Because the, because the, the kids that'll come will remember that they'll remember that, you know, there's a lot of youth pastors that, that, uh, you know, and I used to do it too. Used to ask, you know, I, it's a simple thing, but it sends a, a strong message. When you say, "Where's everybody at?" Well, what does that mean exactly? When you say, mm-hmm. "Where's everybody at?" That means that whoever's in the room is it's not important. They're not important. You're right. waiting for the other important people to arrive, and and I I had to fix that in my head and say, "Listen, guys, guys, want to thank you guys for being here. You could be anywhere tonight on a Wednesday night, but man, you're here tonight. So thank you for being here and gratefulness and thankfulness. <laughs> well, for you, it's Sunday nights for me. For, some, for us, it's Sunday nights. <laughs> That's right. So you, so you got to be grateful and thankful for the people that show up and uh, and and dealing with your frustrations. Uh, and this, you know, it's all across the board. But like you said, you have to ask yourself, why am I really frustrated here? Is it is it about ego? Is it about me? Is it my ideas are not going forward? Is this making me look bad? How does this make me look? Am I incompetent? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all those things. So I think that a lot of it is wrapped up in that. And, and, you know, and by the way, youth workers, both watching and listening, there are real frustrations. We're not, uh, neither Devin or myself are saying that your frustrations are not real. We are saying though, dig a little deeper. There are some mm-hmm. that, that, that you're frustrated because you, you're in a place maybe where you are devalued, where you are, yeah. you're facing some real uphill climbs uh, mm-hmm. where you're at. And both Devin and I, I want to encourage you, dig deep on your side so that you can move that part out of the way, right? So oh, you checked yourself and said, okay, 
it's really not me. I'm not, I'm not in the way on this one. I'm, I'm out of the way. I'm the, I'm, I do have a servant's heart. You know, I got all that. And now it's time to then move on to the other things that like, okay, uh-huh. so what is causing this frustration? Um, and, you know, being there two years, you know, uh, you know what you frustration is, is a, it can be a killer um, because people get demotivated. People start questioning their calling. Uh, people start questioning whether they should even be doing this. And that process that you're talking about, Devin, is, is starting with yourself, right? And your relationship with the Lord and really kind of getting that a handle on and then start working your way outward versus in frustration, we blame everybody on the outside and we're the last one to, right. that we have right. to come to. We blame the senior pastor. We blame the students. We blame the parents. And ultimately we work our way. Oh, well, then it must be me. And, and yeah. if we start with us and work our way out, then we're, I think we're able better to identify and, really what our frustration is. Right. And that's a hard place. If you're that youth pastor and you're out there and you're coming to that realization that maybe it is you you need to know this. It's okay. You're allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to get frustrated. You're allowed to want to, uh, you know, throw something down the hallway. I don't recommend doing it, but you're allowed to do this thing. You're allowed to feel that way. And that's where going to that core group of people that you have is going to be vital very, very important. And and then if you can, if if you're if you have that relationship with your singer pastor like I do, by the way, shout out Paul Lawrence, uh, singer pastor, Church Paul. on the Rock. That's right. Um, hands down, one of the best singer pastors that I've ever truly had the honor to serve under, to serve his mission and his vision um, for our city. But one of the things that I can do for him or that I can do is is if he's and he's told me this, Devin, if you're frustrated you're allowed to come into my office and talk to me about it. Yeah. Now, it, you again, you got to decide why am I really upset here? Yeah. Before before you do that, but you know, having that having that good relationship with that senior pastor is going to be vital to helping you deal sometimes with those frustrations. Yeah. And like you said, there are times where your senior pastor will be the frustration. Uh, yes. Youth workers who, who says, look, I'm frustrated with my senior pastor for X amount of reasons. And that's why you have to have other counselors in your life, other people with whom uh-huh. you speak that are not within your church. Uh, you know, I used to have people out of state even uh, that I would call just because I didn't want anybody who knew my pastor. <laughs> I just uh-huh. I didn't want anybody to know. So I'll talk to people out of state. I got friends out of state. I'll talk to them. Uh, <laughs> they can't, they can't say anything, you know, cause they don't know anybody here. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but that's the deal. Then you have to be able to flesh that out with somebody and talk it out. Like the way we, we talk things out um, when we're just working with, through our frustration. So, all right, so let's go ahead and then jump into this. Then you're you're coming up. You're 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 just wrapping into your getting in, just about to launch into year three here. So, what advice would you give uh-huh. to youth pastors that are still getting started? Maybe uh, they're still within their first year, you know, uh, uh-huh. at their church. Um, you know, I'm hopefully those of you that are watching and those that are listening, uh, if you're in that range of first year or coming up on two years or even you know, into your third year going, you know, you're experiencing these things. You've listened to some of this and hopefully it's been beneficial to you. I hope that, uh, I hope that it has. Uh, but on, on that level, then Devin, what would you tell these guys after having gone through your two years, 
Mm-hmm. What then would you say to youth pastors who are who are getting started or they're midway through their first two years or maybe at the end of their two years? Right. So one of the things that I had to do early, early on um, was I, you look, you're going to go through seasons when you're first getting started, you're going to go through seasons mm-hmm. and they're going to be, they're going to look, it's for me, it was the first six months. The first six months were a big honeymoon phase. I was on top of the world and I absolutely loved it. And then after that was when, you know, the meat of it all began to come into fold. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been there. The newness has worn off and sometimes we forget something that is vital. Sometimes we forget why we got into ministry to begin with. Yeah. You have a calling on your life and it is not something that is ever to be taken lightly. If there, if you're in, if you've been entrusted with a role in ministry, you have, and you have a calling on your life, you need to remind yourself on a daily basis why you do it. Yep. What is your purpose? What is, what, what is, what is the reason that God chose you out of the billions of people on this planet? He chose you to work with those students during this moment in this time of their lives. So remember that. And then get to know them, get to know them. You know, it kind of goes back to what the strategy was going in. This is one of the things that worked for me is getting to know the students that you've got in front of you and then establish a leadership team that works alongside you, not under you. Right. Okay. Because here's the thing guaranteed they're going to have ideas that are going to squash yours Mm -hmm. and that's fine. That is a okay. Look, I want my leaders to have ideas that are better than mine. And the reason why is because then where it's more hearts and more ears and more brains are plugged in to doing that. So establish that leadership team. Uh, And then the biggest thing, man, is establish a soul care for yourself. I remember going through it and and I had gone through uh, six months and then eight months and then nine months. I, I just completed uh, my first youth camp uh, and, and I, I was ecstatic. I was on cloud nine and then the newness began to wear off and uh, I, I, I stopped. I poured so much into that because, you know, yeah. just as well as I do that youth pastors um, pour their hearts and souls into that one week. Yep. And one of the things that I learned coming out of that was what if we poured that much heart and soul into every week, yep. into every meeting? What could your youth ministry look like then instead of yeah. just taking so much on? So, um, so, so one of the things that I learned is I, I, I had to establish a soul care for myself and what happened. And, I, and I'm honestly, uh, I, I guess, ashamed of it. But then again, it taught me. So I learned yeah. um, is, is I, I quit reading my Bible. I quit taking time for, for just me with worship. And I, I began to uh, only crack open my Bible when I needed to get a message oh, yeah. and, uh, and, and it would be Saturday evening or Saturday morning and, or even sometimes Sunday afternoon when my youth services are at Sunday nights. Yep. And, and I began to realize this is not good. My spiritual tank is bone dry. It's empty. So you have to take care of yourself, Yep. right? My car, my car is no good without gas. If I don't put gas in it, it ain't going to go very far. Right. 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 So I had to learn that I had to put spiritual gas back into my tank 
and then yeah. realize that until I am giving everything that I've got to them, if I'm not putting back into myself or having other people, remember that core group we talked about, if I'm yeah. not having other people that are pouring into my life, you are on a path to destruction and it will fail and you will be very, very upset. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's the deal there, man, because because if you're not watching your own heart, you have nothing to lead out of. There's no there's no place that you're coming from. You're just grinding. It's like when it's like when your brakes, you know, lose that that pad. All you hear is that grinding sound. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's metal on metal. And man, when there is nothing in there, uh, that's what you're going to hear. And suddenly ministry starts to sound all the time like grinding metal. Uh, right. So, so you have to be able to have some something in there. And I would even recommend, man, have other churches that you can, uh, and other senior pastors that you listen to. Yeah. Other senior pastors that can preach to you. And it's okay. I guarantee you, everybody's like, oh, yeah. what if my senior pastor gets mad at me? Look, if he gets mad at you for investing into your own soul because somebody else is, God is using somebody else other than, he's your boss. Yeah. Okay. Other senior pastors are allowed to pour into you. Absolutely. So let them, let them, man, reach out and listen to these other senior pastors and listen yeah. to what God is or, speaking through them or whatever, right. Or whatever's ministering to you, whether that's a podcast or a church service or whatever it is, pour into your own soul. Proverbs four twenty three says above all else, guard your heart for everything uh -huh. you do flows from it. If you are not guarding your heart and guarding what by guarding your heart, meaning, be careful what comes in and out of your life. Uh, be careful what you uh, uh, what you invest your time into. Be careful, uh, you know, how much time you're spending doing other things, uh, and recognize that you have to feed your soul at some point. Otherwise, you're not going to have anything to give to students. Exactly, you're not going to have anything to give to your wife or your family or your own kids, and uh, and th that's an important aspect as well. Uh, which should be a given, uh, but we'll say it here just for the sake of the fact that you need to hear it, is that your family is a priority. Take care of your family, youth workers. That's just, that's just. I don't even know what else to tell you. It doesn't matter whether you, you could grow that ministry and lose your family. That's uh, right. And spend so much time on that, that you're losing perspective and you've got to find the right perspective. So guard your heart about what is most valuable. What is really going to be most valuable? Your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with your family, and then your job, comes somewhere in the top 10 maybe right what good is it if you gain the whole world to lose your soul you 100%. know I, and so what you know one thing that i told my wife going in is i said baby i'm a husband before i'm a pastor that's right so because because here's the thing is issues at work that's just what they are they're issues you know somebody comes to me at work and they're like hey we've got a problem i'm like no we don't no, we don't. We have an issue that needs a solution that's that right. whenever it's happening at home, that's when you've got a problem. That's right. None of these things are at work or at church or any of those things are, are life threatening. They're just not. They're just things that need to be solved and they'll, they'll be solved, uh, right. you know, and, and you'll, you'll move on your merry way. Uh, but like you said, in the home or uh, in your own soul, those things tend to linger and you have to take care of them. So uh, as we begin to wrap up here, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, uh, real simple. What, what do you think you got the most out of from our, our coaching relationship? And when I say that, obviously we're friends, but when we sit down to meet or have coffee or, uh, have a bite to eat or something like that, you know, we're in coaching mode, or at least I can say I'm in coaching mode. I'm, I'm, I know when I sit down with you, uh, 
my goal is to listen. My goal is to kind of discern the moment uh, and then let you let you share and talk. Uh, but what do you think you got the, what, 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 what do you feel like you got the most out of from our coaching relationship? Heartache, pain, suffering, uh, suffering. Good. Those are all good. The hill. Those are all, that's exactly what I wanted. Walking up the hill in the snow both ways. That's right. Uh, no, look. Every coaching relationship, by the way, needs to have some of that. If everything is smooth sailing in your coaching relationship, you're not getting any work done. I just let That's you know right. right now. If all you got is bragging rights and you don't have any, any you know, uh, uh, moments where you have to have speak truth and life into somebody, uh, you have to have that. And we've had those moments as well. But uh, you have some suffering. Mostly the suffering was your suffering, not mine. But that's because <laughs> you I, were I munching was, on your pizza. I mean, <laughs> 100%, I was just enjoying the moment while you cried uh, on your pizza. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so what, what would you say then? We've been meeting, like I said, a little over a year and a half. What do you think you got the most out of in, in our coaching relationship? You know, I, I, what, I what, are your take, what are your takeaways? Right. Well, I, I joked uh, earlier, but one of the things that I got is, is I got reprimands, but I also got encouragement. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, yep. and here's the thing, if, if you're out there and you've got, and you've got a coach or somebody that you listen to uh, or that you go to about your, your, whatever it is that you want, you know, frustrations or any, whatever that is, mm-hmm. and they're only telling you what, what you want to hear, fire them, get <laughs> yeah, rid right. of them. Because, and, and that's the thing is, I know whenever I go to my youth ministry coach, yep. I know that he's not going to always tell me what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, if he did, I don't think he would still be my coach. <laughs> okay. No, no. Um, I, to be honest, I can't believe he still is. Um, Shocking, right? Right. I know uh, you're, you are a saint and godly uh, man and I am forever <laughs> grateful. Uh, uh, it's not, let's not pour it on. Okay. Let's not be, <laughs> let's not be dishonest here. Okay. Let's, uh, let's keep it real. Let's keep it real here, no, in, in all seriousness, man, one of the things that I got was I got a drive to continue. I got a drive to continue and to push through. To be honest with you, I told you after that honeymoon phase wore off. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I believe that had I not had somebody like you in my life that was coaching me, whether it was over Zoom or coffee or, or whatever mm-hmm. that is, yep. I, I, I honestly, I probably would have quit. Uh, to be dead honest with you, I probably would have gone to my wife and I would have said, baby, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I'm tired uh, and I'm just not getting, it's not what I thought it was, right? Because uh, just because something isn't what we think it is, it's automatically wrong. And, and, and and baby, it's just, it's just not, I mean, we made a mistake. Uh, There's other churches we can find somewhere else to go, whatever. I got a drive to continue. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that I talked about earlier and feeling that, filling that spiritual tank is something that you did for me. It's something that in having a coach is the way it it was something, I don't know how I can't really fully explain it, but it was a, you wouldn't let me quit. Right. I had that somebody who was there that was, that was telling me every, you know, you've ended every single session that we've had the same way. And you've told me, Hey, I don't know if anybody, and you end your podcast this way. I don't know if anybody's told you this, but you are doing a great job. Even whenever I don't feel like I'm doing a great job, you telling me that and my coach telling me that gave me that drive to continue. And then it gave me a different perspective. 
right? Yeah. It gave me, it made me see things from a different line. I think that like, I remember I would come to you about an idea or something like that. And you'll be like, that's a horrible idea. Don't do that. Or you would turn around and you would say, okay, we can do this, but let's try it a different way. Yeah. Do you, do you remember? Right. Do you remember my biggest idea that I did not listen to you on? And it was an utter failure and disaster. Do you remember what that was? Uh, did it have something to do with what you're wearing right now? It sure did. Look, so, so <laughs> let me let, let me set the stage real quick. Um, we were I got in there and I threw, you know all these fresh ideas, right? And I want to I want to get a new logo, and so I reached mm-hmm. out and I had a new logo get designed, and I am beyond pumped, right? Oh, I've, yeah. got, I've got the you logo. Were, it's it is the iPad background. It you is were on, thrilling. It, it You're is on T-shirt designs, thing. right? Yeah. And then I said, you know what? I got a great idea. Yes. I'm going to bring the one, the only coach Paul Turner yeah. to my youth group and have him come speak. Yeah. But that was a good idea. You got to get that, to the bad that idea. That was a good idea. That was yeah, a good yeah. idea. We're not saying that, that inviting me to come speak was the bad idea. We're, no, we're I highly, bad, highly recommend. We're, we're getting to the bad idea. So go ahead and get to the bad idea. Right. So I, I told you before the service, I was like, Hey, uh, you're going to, you're going to set it for us. You're going to, you know, be like, like stinking like rock concert type and like, here they are, you're whatever. And, and so it, the look you gave me was, was okay. This is, and you didn't want to, you didn't want to pop my bubble right then. You were like, nope. I'm going to let them pop his bubble. <laughs> I saw so, it coming a mile away. It's like, watching a do- <laughs> it's like watching a dodgeball just come at somebody's head and you can't stop it. You're too far away and you're just watching to go wah, boom. It just, just like reverberating off your face in slow motion. Slow motion. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we walk back behind our blow up screen projector. We put our hoodies on yeah. and you're, you sold it, baby. You were there. You were I like, did. I, uh, I did your new logo with your new leaders. Yes. Come on out guys. Yes. And we came out there. Yep. Crickets. Dead silence. Dead silence. <laughs> it was like the Nobody Holy Spirit fell. Nope. <laughs> And and I in fact, the Holy night. Spirit. I saw the Holy Spirit in the corner, just <laughs> weeping, just going, just what? What is happening? Why is he? Doing this? Why is he doing this? And he was he was crying because he was laughing so hard at oh that Devin guy. Look at him trying to do. You that. were you were laughing too. I saw it. Oh, I was inside my heart. I was. Yeah, but you had to let it happen. I had to let it happen. So, right. Uh, but it was a so, great coaching moment. It, it was because you discovered something. And sometimes that's, I mean, that's what I do. I mean, I just don't let you make excuses. I don't let you make, I don't let you, you know, sell me a bill of goods and, and I'll just, I'll say, okay, if you think that's the best idea, then go ahead and go with that. And that's not necessarily to change your mind, but I'm watching. I'm, I am a little bit of ahead of the curve and I'm going, let's see if this goes this way, this is more than likely how this is going to turn out. Yep. And, uh, and I'll just let it go. Uh, unless I advise you and say, well, this could be a thing. This could happen. Uh, not that I would uh, purposely try to, you know, uh, uh, down what's something you were trying to do. But if you're sold on it and I can't talk you out of it and you're going to do your thing, I'm like, okay, there you go. Right. But that, but what you gave me in that moment was that different perspective. Sure. And so that's what you get from coaching is you get that. Look, it may be that drive to continue. It may be that the reprimands, but followed up with their encouragement. Oh, huh, yeah. 
you yeah. know, but, but, and the, because that's the other thing is you've, you have encouraged me and then you offer those, those different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so all in all, then based on that testimony there, you would recommend youth workers get coaching at some point that doesn't have to last forever. It's not therapy. It's, it's a lot of it is X's and O's. Uh, a lot of it is that encouragement. A lot of that is just somebody to talk to. A lot of that is uh, finding perspective. Uh, a lot of that is wrapped up in there. Uh, and so, you know, uh, first, let me just say this, you've been a good student. You know, there's a lot of people <laughs> who I talk to who, you know, who couldn't handle that, right. They'd get crushed, uh, because somebody told them the truth or somebody told them that's not the way to do something, or that's probably not a great idea that boohoo, everybody's against me. And even the person who I trust my coach here is trying to tell me something and he doesn't believe in me. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, you know, is that I think you are a good student because you've, per you've persevered under the bright spotlight uh, of revelation and truth that you discovered on your own that God brought to you. And you said, okay, uh, this is, this is pretty bad, or this is, this has been revealed, or this is uh, some insight that has been given me. And what am I going to do with that? Am I going to yeah. keep going in the wrong direction and say, oh, that guy's stupid. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Or <laughs> am I actually going to take some advice and take some correction, uh, even as a young man, which is hard for young men to do. I understand, you know, there's a lot of guys out there, uh, you that are watching those that are, uh, you, those that are listening. You have college degrees, you went to college, you got four years, you got a youth ministry degree, all those things. And uh, the bottom line is that nobody, nobody owes you a great youth ministry. <laughs> That's right. You, you have, you, some people have magical thinking that somebody, somebody where somebody owes them uh, something. And when that does not come to fruition, that's when they crack and that's when they break is because the, 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 the whole idea did not come to fruition. Their dream did not happen the way they thought it should happen. And then suddenly they're down into the thing. But you, my friend, have persevered under the bright light Thank of, you. Uh, of uh, inspection. I would, I would absolutely encourage coaching. In fact, I would almost say this. I would almost say if you're in your first two years, it's required. Um, I, 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 and, and I really do believe that, uh, yep. put it to you this way. If I were, if I ever were the senior pastor of a church and I hire a youth pastor, yeah. it's going to be required for him or her to yeah. go out and find a coach, get a youth ministry coach. Uh, here's one that I have as I have his contact info. I highly recommend him. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, think about it this way. Um, you would never, e even with professional athletes, they yep. still need coaching. Sure. They still, so, so, okay. So these are some of the best athletes in the world that play in the NBA or the NFL or major league baseball or whatever. Uh, these are some of the best athletes in the world, but they still have coaches. So it doesn't matter if you've got uh, a master's in divinity or a bachelor's or you have nothing. It doesn't yeah. matter about right. that. You need a coach, right? You're still going to have to have that somebody that is going to be able to, you know what, maybe give you that, that slap on the rear end and say, you got to get this right and you got to fix this, Yeah. but then can encourage you. And the other thing with coaching that I would recommend is you've got to surround yourself with people yes. that are smarter than you. Accept yes. it. You've got to surround yourself. See, and, and that's the thing. The reason, one of the things that I, one of the reasons I wanted you to be my coach was whenever I asked you, Hey, will you, will you coach me in youth ministry? Was I realized you had forgotten more about student ministry than what I knew. And I had the degree, right? So I surrounded myself with people who were smarter than me. 
So that's why coaching is vitally important. And, and I just want to say this, if, if you're out there and you're, you need this coach, Paul Turner's your guy. Yeah. I was going to say, it doesn't have to be me. Although I would like to be your coach, if you're watching or listening, and I'm going to put links down in the description below, of course, and, and tell you, look, if you want to check out some coaching and you want to move forward and you want to stay motivated and keep your ministry moving forward, which is what this podcast is all about, is helping yeah. you get there, then links will be down there below. It doesn't have to be me, but find somebody. Uh, I have the biggest compliment for you. Are you what, ready for this? I'm all are, right. are, here we go. Are, what is it? You, you, Mr. Paul Turner are the Nick Saban of youth <laughs> ministry coaches. <laughs> wow. Wow. That yeah. is. Wow. I do believe in a process. I will say that. I will say that. Process. I'm a process-driven guy. Uh, but I will, I'll take it. I'll take it. So, uh, so Devin, where can people follow along in your youth ministry? Give them, give them your socials uh, if they need to ask any more questions or they just want to follow your journey uh, as what you're doing in youth ministry, where can they see all that at? They can do that uh, in a couple of places. Our Instagram is going to be impact underscore student ministry underscore C O T R. Uh, that is church on the rock. Um, so, uh, or they can go to uh, Facebook uh, and just type in uh, impact underscore student ministry underscore C O T R. And that'll pull it up as well there. Um, and we're always posting things left and right about, you know, what God's doing and, um, you know, what, what we see, uh, as far as the growth and, and, and things like that go. And, yeah. um, you know, just, it, it's, it's good to be able to look, I connect with youth pastors all over the country, yeah. uh, just to be able to follow their accounts and, sure. uh, and things like that. So it's a great tool. It's a great resource. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I would to say this too, it's a great point there. If you have a. Uh, a small to medium-sized youth ministry. I think Devin's would be a great youth ministry to follow to watch the progress and watch the growth and watch some of that happening. It's one thing when you tune in and you already have a thousand kids. It's another thing uh -huh. to watch a youth ministry.